Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Market Overdrive. It's 2019 and we're super excited to be back with you and sharing this space. Oh my goodness, we have so many people here today and we want to share their awesome with you. And with me as always, my co-host, how are you, Graco? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing excellent. Excited. And we miss Nick. We do miss Nick really quick. We want to send our heartfelt to the Mamedi family. They suffered a loss uh, earlier this morning. And Nips, we're thinking about you, brother. So big hug to you and the family. And we'll see you guys soon, okay? As you know, Nick Mamedi is part of our show. And we're here every other Thursday at 530. So now we're adding another component to our show, which is Market Overdrive en Español. So if you know anyone who is interested in buying, selling, financing, and doesn't really understand the concept of this world, please make sure that you share our, our show with them and let them know that Market Overdrive is now en Español, en su idioma. So now we're going to start with our show. I want to thank everybody who's been a part of it thus far. What are we, four years in? This is our fifth Five? season. Fifth season. <laughs> fifth season. So I'm being told not to say segment, episode, and now we're doing seasons. Okay, I yeah. love it. So why don't we go ahead and start with your guest, Graco? All right, we're going to get right into it. Uh, today we have Tony Reyes of... Walton? Walton Contractors. Contractors, right, forgive yeah. me. I keep confusing it with construction, no but worries. thank you for being here with us, brother. Thanks um, for having me. It's a funny story how I get to meet this guy through uh, social media. Do share. And uh, as I meet a lot of people through social media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but very cool story. They have an amazing company that does a lot of renovations, a lot of development, a lot of construction throughout the city. And I wanted to cover this in one of our segments to make sure that the public along with the professionals in our, in our industry, are aware of this company. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what the company structure is. Thank you. Uh, so Walton Contractors is a value-add real estate company. That's what we call ourselves. And we primarily focus on new construction, gut rehabs, and adaptive reuse, which is what we talked about earlier. Adaptive reuse, what yeah. is that? So adaptive reuse is really just uh, repurposing uh, property. So we were fortunate enough to do a, a property for um, a developer here in Chicago. It was an old Studebaker car factory. And we made that into 68 units for them. Uh, so, okay. you know, taking warehouses, taking a, a four unit with a commercial space and being able to make it eight to 12 units within code is something that we specialize in. And then the real estate part um, or the, the gut rehabs or new construction, we help investors, uh, joint venture partners. Uh, we, we own some of the projects that we do, as well as we help lenders with their 203K and home sale rentals. Okay. So you guys do run the whole gamut. From a 203K <laughs> down to a big overhaul That's right. of a warehouse. Um, do you guys help find some of these properties, uh, these acquisitions? Talk a little bit about that process. So we're, we're really, uh, we like to think we're pretty heavy on social media as a general contractor. Mm -hmm. So um, most of the people that, know, that work with us know that we follow a golden rule. If a realtor brings us a rule, uh, a property, we list it with them. So oftentimes we're having messages all the time on our Facebook page saying, hey, Here's this cool property off the market, an estate sale, um, or just they're just doing the numbers for us. They're like, here's the CMA, here's the acquisition, you know, potential reno price, mm -hmm. and sometimes we'll just go. We don't really look for anything. It normally just comes to us. You guys also have uh, the ability to acquire property and flip for yourselves. Correct. correct. Talk a little bit about that because I thought that was a pretty cool, neat feature and how you guys actually reach back out to the agents in a specific area because they are the specialists of that area. So touch on that, please. Yeah, so for the deals that we own, that we buy and renovate ourselves, um, we normally look for the specific realtor in that neighborhood. So if we're in the south side of Chicago, we're looking for the person who's selling the most homes in that neighborhood. We Right now we have a lot of projects in Berwyn, a ton of projects in Berwyn. I see that, yeah. Yeah, and so we, again, it was kind of just like they kept feeding us deals. So the deals that they would feed us, we would just go ahead and relist Oak Park, Wheaton, Naperville, anything that we're doing out there, we just list it with the person who helped us find it. 
Okay. Um, then that's what those are the deals that we own. But we also do other projects for other medium-sized developers or even just investors who are doing two to four um, properties a year. And then obviously we, we don't control the listing there. Gotcha. Yeah. So as a developer, Tony, what are you seeing? What are some of the trends that our, our buyers are looking for with these properties? Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, it's been changing so much in the last quarter, last two quarters, really. So there's a scarcity of properties, right? Or at least value-add properties. They're not finding it cheap enough for them to add their little magic to it, you know? Uh, so we... So let me interrupt you right there. So you're looking for value add, but that's for the consumers. So just we, you know, kind of dumb down the information. Yeah. Someone that's listening and watching to us today doesn't really understand what value add is. So walk me through the process from inception. So once you work with the realtor, you mm-hmm. identify a product. What? How does that? How does that uh, work for the end user, like the buyer? What are they looking for, and how do they become part of this process? Okay, that's a good question. So typically, what happens is we have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, who has been seeing homes that they may not be able to afford, mm-hmm. uh, that they love. Okay. And then the realtor would come to us and say, hey, we have this amazing two-bedroom, one-bath bungalow mm-hmm. in the desired neighborhood of the client, mm-hmm. but they really need a five-bedroom, four-bath. Okay. You know, So then we would come in uh, with an architect, engineer if we need to, and we would say, okay, here's the rental price uh, based on the acquisition of this property. You know, you're getting it for $150,000 adding $150,000, not only are you getting the home that you get to pick and design, you know, make it the home of your dreams, but you're also building an equity into the property because now you're taking it from a 2-1 to a 5-4. Right. And that's in in essence, that's what you're, but you're using a 203k loan to finance that project? Sometimes we do, yeah. Okay. Greco, do you want to explain uh, what a 203k loan program is and how people can use it? Briefly. Basically, it's a loan that will give you X amount of dollars to renovate a particular property that you're trying to make your primary residence. So example, let's keep it simple. If you're looking to buy a home for $100,000 and you need renovations of about $30,000, we'll be able to give you that loan all the way through. Now, it's a process though. You know, the 203K loans do have a process. Your contractor must be licensed and bonded and approved by uh, HUD, I believe. So Mm -hmm. it's very important that you work with a professional in in those parameters. Yeah. Love it. So uh, I love the key factor that you said, value add, right? And just exiting last year's market where there was no inventory, there was bidding wars. So you're looking about a product that doesn't even exist and you're getting bid out and you don't want to deal with the renovation of it. So you'll buy something that doesn't look as great, maybe an estate sale, right? It needs a new kitchen, a new bathroom. Maybe it's got green or you know red carpet. And so you hate it. But how can you buy this property and make it your own? This way you're customizing it, right? You're getting the kitchen of your dreams and you're working with Tony's company. You guys are renovating it and then you're using a 203k loan to finance that rehab. And so now the value add aspect comes in when you're buying something for, like you said, 150, you're dumping 150 in renovations and you're at a $300,000 value. As long as the area can justify maybe a $350,000 value, now you have $50,000 built in equity in the home and you also have a brand new home um, that you can call your own in a neighborhood of your choice. I mean, I love it. I think that's a great opportunity for people who are going to be shopping again this year and may not have a huge budget for something that's already turnkey or completely remodeled by an investor who had to cash in their profit margins. That's right. And another part of that is that, uh, to Graco's point, is that you can also refinance into a 203K. So oftentimes people who don't want to sell their homes like, I love this neighborhood, I don't want to leave it, but my family's growing or my kitchen's outdated. You can also refinance, be able to obtain a 203K loan, which Walton Contracts can help you with the general contracting portion of it. So we work with a lot of the top HUD consultants that are the people who are the the middleman between the lender and the contractor Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that it's a smooth process. I know that a lot of real estate agents, a lot of loan officers, 
they sometimes they, they you know they're a little apprehensive about using the product of two hundred three K because they don't have the right GC. You know, sure. they, you know they don't have workman's compensation, or they take forever getting you back. You know, the bid on repair, which is the paperwork that the HUD consultant provides. We have a pretty foolproof system for for happen, making that happen for the consumer. Love awesome. it. Question for you, Graco. He said two hundred three K loan to cash out. I'm sorry to refi- to remodel an existing home. Would that be a cash out or a two hundred three K loan? Can you explain on those programs? Um, well, I think that would be considered a cash out using the two hundred three K loan. I personally don't specialize in that refinance aspect. We have done quite a few on the purchase side, but that's something that we definitely would look into to uh, get back to our viewers. Love it. But that, that mm-hmm. is, in fact, a really good option, especially for those families who are growing, right? And we're mm-hmm. looking at those neighborhoods, specifically Bergwin or Sister or Stickney, those areas where you have those existing bungalows that have two bedrooms and maybe you want to add up, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a ranch, um, you want to increase square footage. Maybe a Georgian, you want to um, squeeze in some square footage in the back of the property. You can always extend it and not necessarily relocate or move your family. If you've got great bones and maybe you paid off that property and you want to cash out, get some money to do the renovations. Cool. That's right. I appreciate you coming, brother. Thank you for having me. Tell us how and where everybody can find you and reach out to you. Yeah, so uh, the easiest way to find me is going to be on Facebook, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Walton Contractors, um, or Tony Ray is on Facebook as well, and we'd love to help. And give a phone number. Why not? Yeah, so the office number is 708-303-8055, 708-303-8055. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for coming in, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're going to move into our next segment here while we go through the musical chairs. And Carla touches up her lipstick. My <laughs> lipstick is touched up. Let's celebrate Valentine's Day. I can't believe we're here. I actually got flowers. I'm so excited. This gentleman is amazing, and he actually wore pink today. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We're going to have a new guest host with us every Thursday. I'm so excited to share the space with him because he's actually pretty wild. <laughs> I don't know who's going who's gonna to be more wild, you or... Nick, is that even a thing? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, that's gonna be especially a on a Valentine's Day. I mean, Happy you got to come out. Day. There's only a few days a year that you can wear this, and this is one of them for sure. <laughs> I think yeah. we should switch. I totally want to wear that. I really want to wear that pink. You blade. can either wear that on Valentine's Day or Miami. One that's of those right. Days. I was just there last week, so I, <laughs> I didn't wear it. <laughs> Well, Love welcome, it. Mr. Joe Schaub. How are you, brother? Things are good. I'm really happy to be here on a Valentine's Where's Day. The th- well, you're the only woman that I'm allowed to say I love today in the room, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. I love you. Uh, How's the market going? Yeah, what we're seeing right now is that the spring market is actually already here. Mm-hmm. We usually think that it comes in after Super Bowl, but my guest here today is going to talk about the early emergence of this spring market. We really saw it in January, and it's an opportunity literally for both buyers and sellers if you're working with the right agent. And that's the number one thing, and that's the reason I have Matt Laracy with me today. Who is Matt? Like, who <laughs> Like, who is this guy? Where'd you find him? Well, he has an awesome MySpace page. I mean, this guy is all over. I have the best MySpace. <laughs> just ask him. Okay? It's true. And if you don't believe Tom's it, my just number ask one him. friend, by the way. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are we doing? Good, good. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I, I could not think of a better people in general to spend my Valentine's Day with. I love guys. it. You know, which is why I wore Appreciate my red tie, too. It's, I didn't get the pink jacket, but I went red. <laughs> So we're kind of matching in the whole Valentine's Day scene. It's Looks the yin and the yang, man. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Like it. There we go. Love is in the air, and I heart you both. And thank you so much for coming out, Matt. I know you are super, super busy. Matt is now a daddy. That's and right. And I love the pictures. I mean, if anyone is going to share the birthing video <laughs> of 
It's just like, I, 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 what was your wife thinking when you were recording this? I would have been like, um, seriously? She was kind of mad at first, but I just <laughs> kept doing it. And I was on the phone anyway. So as, as long as I was videoing, I wasn't talking on the phone, which she kind of preferred me videoing than talking. So, uh, you know, the way I looked at it was, is that like worst case scenario, uh, I don't use any of the footage. But, yeah, she was cool. She's a trooper, man. She's, I love yeah, her. Yeah, she's, she she's cool about it. She's the most amazing person ever. Yeah. Um, I remember reading this article or something you posted about your working hours. And we have rookies in the room. So I mm-hmm. want to really start with you. Um, okay. And I know this is more industry, realtor to realtor t- kind of conversation. But yeah. Matt is someone who's going to upwork anyone I know. So can you expand on that message that you send? Like if you're lazy, if you're thinking this is get rich quick, if you think real estate is, you know, just fancy showing property sure. and putting on lipstick. I mean, I don't think you could look at it just for real estate. I think it's you could tackle any job with the right attitude. You know, so for me, I knew that uh, I was never going to be the smartest or best looking or whatever it was, but I knew that nobody could ever outwork me. And if I wanted something bad enough, I always knew that it was there for me to take it. And I think you could relate that to any industry that you're in. So I knew that, like, first off, I'm kind of a weirdo. I don't really sleep that much as it was, but I figured that if I use that extra time that everybody else uses to, you know, chill and watch Netflix or go out or, you know, have the FOMO or whatever it is. And I put that energy that other people waste and put that back in the business, I would be more successful. I mean, I look at every single waking opportunity as an opportunity to get more sales and more sales leads to more success. And the more success you have, more people are going to work with you naturally. Tell me a little bit about your small, think big, go small, think big. Uh, it's think big, choose small. Oh, there you uh, <laughs> hashtag real estate boutique. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is that I I always want to do more with less. So I didn't want to just get – a lot of people just want to have these big, big teams because so, they have egos and be able to say, like, I have 50 or 100 people working for me. But if you have all that and you don't really have anybody that's actually working hard, what is that really saying to you if you don't really have that much success? So I wanted to have a nice family culture. And, I mean, in fact, a lot of my team members are actually family members of mine. They're married to my wife's sisters and everybody else are people I grew up with. So – We wanted to create this environment of like green berets. Like we're the best of the best. And like you kind of don't want to work for us because it's kind of like the factory. Like, man, I I don't even know if I want to. He's just too intense. And that's kind (laughs) of what I want to portray. We've heard this. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. So I love that we're having this conversation, right? It's kind of candid conversations with Matt and um, about like how to build a business because, you know, we're in sales. Yeah. Um, But tell us, what do you say to someone that thinks that realtors are all about themselves is that big ego? Right, so I now I have this amazing team that's top, yeah. t- you know top producing. Where does it go back to the client and your model for servicing the client? I mean, the reality is, of course, you know you want to brand yourself, so you have to have like a little bit of an ego because the business is rough. I mean, there's a lot of egos involved, so you have to be able to have the confidence to be able to stand up for it. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're just realtors and we're in a customer service business. So I tell people all the time that like you know. I work for you. You're my boss, okay? If I don't give you good customer service, you don't have a good experience, you're not going to come back to me and you're not going to recommend me again. So for every realtor out there that thinks, hey, this is an easy job, you can do whatever you want to do, I mean, you're always on. You're like a doctor, but without the respect of having the doctor tag right. to your name, right? And then you're always having to work hard. And the, the reality is, too, it's a super competitive job. I mean, what? There's 44,000-something agents in the state of Illinois. And I don't know about you guys, but almost everybody running to the street has a real estate license. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not this easy thing. But if you think to yourself, like, hey, I'm always going to put the customers uh, first, and I'm in a service industry, it's natural that more business is going to come to you over time. 
I love it. I, I think it's true. And can you tell us a little bit more about your business? Like, where are you seeing the market going? What's going on in residential sales? Well, I mean, the market's exploding at this time of year. Uh, for me, I think uh, if you're thinking about getting real estate or if you're out there listening about, like, how does the market work? I mean, seeing the patterns in the marketplace is to me, very easy. Chicago's been very seasonal lately. And I don't mean seasonal with weather-wise, but I mean seasonal with rent-wise because Chicago's the most rent-heavy city in the country. So we have more people renting here than anywhere else. And most people's leases come due March, April, May, right? So by June 15th, the market shifts. It changes completely. So spring market to me starts January 2nd. Okay, and the reason it does that is because people come back from holiday. They've got a couple extra bucks in their pocket. They've been guilted by their parents. Like, why are they still renting? You know, it's twenty eight hundred bucks a month. It's cheaper to buy than it is to rent. And they get all gung ho about it. Their New Year's resolution, like, I'm going to buy this year, right? And they come out of the gates, and the market goes crazy, and that creates entry level demand, which then creates a domino effect because then the five hundred thousand dollar buyer can buy up, and so and so. So, January is always one of the best months of the year. Uh, and I think a lot of people who are still sleeping in or trying not to take advantage of the market always start off a little bit slower. So what are you saying to people who are concerned about the increases in property taxes? Are they, is it really going to deter that movement? I mean, I, do, I don't think so. I, I hate to break it to everybody. I actually don't think our taxes are as bad as everybody makes them right. out to be. I mean, the problem with our taxes and why everybody complains about it is that there's no way that we calculate them in a normal way. Like, you know, there was all that rumors about the Zestimates and that's how they're coming up with it. I mean, if you look at New York, on average, when you sell a property, it's 2.2% of the purchase price. So it's clear as day, right? Mm-hmm. But in Chicago, it's like as clear as mud. We don't know what it is. But if we had to take an average, we're still around 1.75%, which is way lower than the other big cities like LA, Chicago, uh, uh, New York, and all these other cities. But we always want to act like we're this big, powerful, mighty city. But then we bitch about taxes, but it's like, well, our taxes aren't actually that bad. Right. What do you say to that, uh, Joe? What are you seeing out there? I know that you're underwriting loans and giving people money so they can become homeowners. Are you seeing, I, I mean, I can understand like anyone in that 300000 or 350000 threshold, right, that's looking at assessments per se if you're in a condo category and looking at property taxes and saying, whoa, we had a 12% increase, right? right? So now, shockingly for Chicagoans, that's huge for us. And then there's that whole conversation about the junk city asset because of, you know, where's the mayor, who's going to be the mayor, and what's going happen we're not leaving there's though a lot of concerns. So what are you seeing as far as underwriting loans or, or do you still see the demand we do and what i do is i come from a point of education and teaching whenever i'm talking to a client especially like matt says about the tax bills oftentimes we hear that they're terrible and if you really just step back and actually have somebody that can teach you educate you and walk you through that city of chicago is not as bad as say an oak park or some of these other areas sorry oak park <laughs> but right oh man right? Yeah, shots no, I fired agree. i agree but man, the people in Oak Park are not happy. Okay. okay. And so what you do is you just teach these people. And when you go through it, Matt brings up a good point. When you talk about having $2,800 a month in rent, we want to go out and help somebody find something that's the same price point that they own. That's the number one thing that we're doing is taking people from renting and having them get into home ownership. And once they have somebody that's actually on their side, like a Matt or myself, that decision becomes pretty clear. It's really interesting that both of you are on the same page about this phenomenon, right? Because we're coming into a market where everyone's saying, is there really an adjustment? What does that mean to you, Matt? So, I mean, it's called a shift, okay? And It's not an adjustment. It's a shift. Everybody's going crazy about this, but we're a knee-jerk reaction society. We're this Facebook, Instagram, everything's the best market ever or it's the worst market ever. But what people forget is that 
we're heading towards a normal real estate market. You know, from the 08 to 12, we had a million sellers and no buyers. And the last couple of years, we've had a million buyers and no sellers. And people are freaking out because their places aren't selling in 24 hours. And I hate to break it to everybody out there, but if real estate was designed to sell in 24 or 48 hours, I wouldn't have a job. You guys wouldn't have jobs in lending because what would the point be to have a career? Because you could just put it up and it sells, right? So why would they design a career for it? So we're heading towards normalcy. We're heading towards we're not going to see 10% growth in the marketplace. You're heading towards where people are going to have to work a little bit harder to sell a property. People are going to have to price their property a little bit more accurately. You're going to have more competition, okay? So, like, I think we're going towards, and mark my words, okay? I'm a, I, I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty going to be correct are on this. Are predictions now? Yeah, I mean, you might want to put it down, but we're going right. to see an even playing field this year. I think we're going to see, my, one of my big predictions, I think we're going to see 25% more inventory hit the market this year. Because every seller out there thinks this is a last or ha, or they're saying that like now's the best time ever to sell. Well, if now's <laughs> the best time ever to sell, right? It probably means a couple years ago are. Yeah. So I don't think it's this terrible market we're heading into. We're just heading to things that might be a little bit more difficult than what we were used to for the last couple of years. I have a question for you. Didn't you say that 24 hours, that's your normal turn time though, right? I mean, you get it listed and is that what the Matt Laracy program is about? We like to crush it <laughs> and sell within 24 yeah. hours. Sure. Let's see. But. What was that address? 2840 North Lincoln that you and I closed together, Matt? How that was going to sell that one? That, hey, but you know what? We worked our tail off to <laughs> get it did, done with. We did. You know? And who brought you that buyer? That's right. You did. I, and I, I'm forever thankful and for that. Who got yelled at and then who yelled back at you for like being, don't yell at me, Matt. We're going to push Every now and then, you lose a little bit of your temper. And I was telling this before I walked in, your mood shifts sometimes, okay, like the market, wanna, yes. as the day goes on, That's, depending on how many people you ran into that but day. But see, going back into, you know, tenured and maybe going back to like now that you say everybody has a real estate license. Correct. And Matt and I know each other back from YPN. Yeah. So a long time ago. And so obviously you've been in the ups and downs of the market. So mm-hmm. you saw the 2008. Yeah. And then your family's actually your dad, right? In the yeah, yeah. I'm a third time. generation agent. So my grandpa was in it. My dad started my company in 78. And, you know, I've, ever since a little kid, all I ever did was study real, the market. So. so you get it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, what is the difference between a 10-year realtor versus a rookie realtor? I think the biggest difference is, is that, like, right now, it's kind of like taking a page out of Gary Vee's book, is that, like, these people haven't been punched in the mouth yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, all they know is a really good market. But the reality is, is that, like I said, we're heading towards a normal market in the sense that, like, people haven't even learned the business. They got their license, and they had a bunch of friends that are buying because everybody's got money right now, and we're heading towards a market where maybe everybody won't have a ton of extra cash. Mm-hmm. So... A rookie agent, the best thing that they could try to do is learn the business. I know my first four years in the market, I thought to myself, hey, you don't get rich in good markets. You get rich in bad markets, right? Absolutely. And I didn't have any money to get rich in, so I figured I would get rich in knowledge. So I took the first four years, and I didn't care if I made a sale or I didn't. I wanted to make sure that I learned every single aspect of the business. So when the market turned, I would be the first guy they saw, and I could tell you everything you want to know. And I think for a rookie agent, the biggest problem is they just want the sales. They want the glory. They want the the Lamborghinis. They want all that stuff, but they don't want to learn the actual business. And for the rookie agents out there that actually decide to learn the business and take the four years and not make a dollar and clean the toilets of your office or whatever you got to do, those are the guys that are going to be the most successful. Right, and I believe so, right? Because I think it's it's a high-end customer service. 100%. And I think it goes back to the customer service, and everybody says, okay, Carla, well, what's your brand? And I always ask my agents, who do you want to be? What kind of a realtor you want to be, right? And to me, it's not like, okay, I want to be a top producer, and I want to close X amount of volume. It's more about 
the service that you're going to provide. That's my brand, going above and beyond the sale to make sure that our clients are satisfied with whatever goals they seek. So having said that, what would you say to a novice investor, someone that is out there and say, and seeing the market shifts and saying, is it time for me to flip or get out of flip? Or do I go into you know multi-units or do I buy condos? Like, What is your advice to that new investor that wants to get in now? I mean, it re- I mean, it's completely relative to their budget, how, how they're you know performing, stuff like that. I mean, if I'm an investor, I would probably say like wait till the third quarter because i mean one of the reasons we crushed it in december everybody else was kind of down in sales was the fact that like i did take all my investor clients and i said listen from october to december the prices are usually anywhere from a five uh five to ten percent delta downwards and you get a lot more sellers that are motivated because you get all the sellers who overprice their places uh yeah the inventories i compare it to nordstrom rack right it's kind of a little bit picked over but there's some good finds and you wait till then. So whether you're going to buy a multi-unit or a condo or whatever it is, you're going to get involved with that. If I'm a flipper and solely a flipper, I'm waiting a couple of years. Okay, I, I you know I want to strike when there's blood in the water. But regular investing, you should never invest in a. I shouldn't say never, but you should strongly think about investing in the February to May markets because there's too much demand at that point. Like an investor does. I've never met an investor who wants to pay full price or get in a multiple bid. You know, so. I love that you're talking about, um, you know, time of the market when to acquire the assets so they can make mm-hmm. investment happen. What about inventory? What is your recommended inventory or property type for investments? Well, I mean, it depends on what you like. I mean, like I, I own a lot of real estate myself. I invest in condos because I don't want to deal with owning the building itself. Uh, I, I invest downtown Chico- uh, Chicago condos. And I always say like there's different types of investors. Like me, I like the less overhead. Uh, I, yeah, my cash flow isn't that great, but they're easily to rent and they always go up in value. So it's more of what I call like an annuity, right? So I don't get that much return. It's nothing sexy about saying I made $50 a month, mm-hmm. but in the next 30 years, it's going to be a good profit. There's other types of investors that are cash flow investors, meaning that they just want to see that big return on their investment. They don't care if it ever goes up or down. So then those type of people should invest in properties and like maybe the low income areas because those always are going to produce higher. Some people want to own the dirt and ground. So those are going to be the multi-unit people. You know, they make red cars, black cars, and blue cars. Everybody's got their own opinion. There's no right or wrong answer. What you need to do as, a, as, as an agent is find out the personality of your buyer or investor and help them decide on what property is best for them. And like I said, there's not a good way or a bad way to get rich in investing in real estate. You want to make sure that you make sure that person's investing in what they prefer and what meets their personality. Great stuff. So we talked about products. We talk about location. Um, when it respects to, or when it comes to interest rates, Joel, what are you? I mean, are we seeing a decrease in interest rates? Are you? We're down. We're down. Yeah, this is what's happening in the market. And Matt can attest to this too. Right now, we've seen over a half a point drop in market rates just in the last ninety days. So we were literally looking right at the end of October or November rates just below five percent. Today, I locked in a thirty-year fixed rate below four and a quarter. So it's a major move. And so what we speak to when I'm talking to a brand new buyer is what does that buy you? What did that savings on the interest rate allow you to go out and buy or how much did it drop your payment? So these are some of the things that right now in the spring market, I'm seeing people that are now getting off the fence, right? Mm -hmm. They see that there's an opportunity here to go out, stop paying rent and actually get out and own something. So it's an exciting time. The other thing about those rates, though, just to kind of like uh, go off of that, is the fact that people, I I think buyers are a little bit too obsessed with rates. I mean, the reality is, is the average American interest rate is 7%, okay? 
And if you're between five, four two and four seven five, I get it. There's mm-hmm. different buying power, and I, I I totally agree with the sense that like you, you could see where your dollar can go. But at the end of the day, that property is still going to outperform whatever money you're spending in rent. And there's a lot of people that in the fall they got off the fence and decided they were going to re rent because the rates went up to like four seven five, four eight in some cases. And then they're spending twenty eight hundred dollars on a one bedroom place, and they're like, well, at least I didn't buy a place. It's like, well, what are you going to get? Because I could guarantee you that no matter what happens in the next 12 months, that $2,800 a month that you spend is gone and you're never getting it back. So rates can got to be looked That's at huge. a different way. It, it makes sense. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, I don't know that it's necessarily the finances aspect of it. I think it's more of a cultural thing. Are you seeing, I know you said earlier on the show that people are like, well, instead of renting, stop wasting my money. And the parents are telling the children to, right. or their children to go ahead and buy. They're t- tired of subsidizing those rents that are like $2,800, $3,500 for some of the units here in the street of Villa, Gold Coast area. Right. right. Um, so what do you tell that buyer or that novice? perhaps investor, young kid who's never bought before and it's afraid of the commitment that comes with owning a property, afraid of like the management aspect of it. I love that you touch on the fact that, you know, you own condos because you don't want to deal with like the maintenance and the overhaul yeah. of like the responsibility that comes with owning mm-hmm. something fee simple like that. But so Joel, what yeah. would you say as far as like the the money necessary to buy that property versus the money necessary to get security deposit and, you know, getting your first month's rent. Like, how do you... We teach. Yeah, it's all about teaching because nine times out of 10, they're just thinking about rate, but that's not the most important thing. They hear it and they hear that it went up and they errantly stayed on the sidelines. And so now all it's doing is now they think that it's an opportunity to actually jump back into the market. Whereas if they would have done so before, they still would have been in good shape. So what we do is we just walk them through it. And most of the people know in their heart this is what they want to do, and they just kind of get scared sometimes. So when you take the time to really teach them, educate them, then they can actually go out and work with an agent like Matt to find the property that they want. And it puts them in a whole other aspect when they're working with somebody that's a professional versus just a rocket ship online mortgage situation where they don't really get any details, right? And I see you laughing over there because uh, it's it's really about the professional. It's the person that you're working with. You need somebody to actually teach them and get them on the right track. So I have a question for Matt. Go ahead. 2019, this show is going to all be about giving back and providing value. Mm-hmm. So we're so excited that you're here today. Tell these agents that are a few years in that haven't gotten punched in the face yet, right, what you are actually doing to outwork them. Literally, tell a little bit about your schedule and how they can actually grow a little bit in 2019, please. Well, I mean, on average, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I only sleep four hours a night max. I mean, with the new kid, I mean, it's way less than that. But Say I mean, it again. Yeah. Uh, f- on average, I sleep less than four hours a night. Uh, Hear that? But I mean, the reality is, though, too, is the other thing is like, you know, a lot. I look at rankings all the time and numbers all the time. And you see a lot of people who hit $20, $30 million, and then all of a sudden, the next year, you don't see them on the list anymore. Like, what happened? The reality is people get big. Uh, they do very well, and then they hire, hire, hire. They get all these team members, and then they think they don't have to work anymore, and they go sit on the beach for the next two months, and they wonder why the business didn't come back to them. You have to get big, but keep working it. I still I closed 162 million almost last year, just under it, and I still take calls for 150 thousand dollar buyers. I still work them. I still talk to them. I still do all the work because at the end of the day, you could lose everything tomorrow, and you can't ever forget that. Because again, we are just realtors. Okay, we provide customer service, and the minute you stop or start forgetting that, and the minute you stop working hard at it, all your clients can go. 
Because again, there's 44,000 other agents out there that will take your people. So if you think you're too good or too big for somebody, there's one thing that a shout out to Nico Aposto, who told me on <laughs> right. YPN, he said to me, I'll never forget this, that every sale is a big sale to somebody. <laughs> Love and it. it doesn't matter how big it is because that guy that buys that $125,000 studio off you that you thought was too big could have recommended you to a $10 million client that's buying the penthouse at the Pinnacle. Love so. it. Love that. Shout out to Nico. Love you. Miss you. And we should connect this year. Um, finally, Matt, tell us what keeps you hungry. I mean, you're, you've pretty much outdid yourself. You know, you're a third generation. I'm sure you yeah. learned it through generations and generations. But why are you still doing it and why are you still you know, functioning at the same level you did when you first started? I mean, I, I operate with the chip on my shoulder. I don't look at, I mean, I know it sounds bad, but the only com- competition I look at is myself. And uh, I am I, very, very, very hard on myself. And I think that every single day I try to be a better version than I was the day before. And just like everybody, I have a lot of flaws and a lot of faults and I try to improve them and think about what I can do to change. And I, it just keeps me pushing myself because I'm the type of personality that's never satisfied. I could do a billion dollars and I would be <laughs> mad that I didn't do two billion. And I think people out there should never be content. I know it's it's terrible. I tell you not to live your life like that. It's a different but breed I, you are. Yeah, I, I have a. <laughs> you know what though? I, from where we grew up, we grew up on the south side too. You know, I, I think we're built a little bit more rough, a little bit more tough around the edges, and. You know, hard work is, I've just always been the guy that, you know, you put your head down and you just work at it and you don't ever get cocky about it. You always stay humble and just remember that, like, anybody can do what we do. If you want it bad enough, you just have to work for it. Love it. What is your advice this year, Joel? Uh, My advice, okay. So if you're a buyer, I have two different kinds of advice, right? So I, I teach and educate realtors, but also on the buy side of things. Just get out there and do it. Speak with myself or somebody that is educating you and not just selling you right. so that you know what you can go out and afford and then find something in that comfort zone. That's the number one thing. And then as far as agents, you got to brand yourself. Matt does an amazing Amazing job. He brought Thank his own you. film crew here today. I mean, What's going on okay. with that? Shout, Shout out, out Indie Rap. Yeah. Yeah. It's Indie yeah. Rap. Hello. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that was your crew, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought Joel walked in That's here. Matt. All right. As, yeah. as He's an, Mr. Celebrity. I love it. As an agent, he's exactly right. There are thousands of you. And there's so many people that are actually doing it right. Mm-hmm. You need to create a brand and then never quit. You actually have to be there. You have to pick up the phone. And even though it's nice to go to the beach for several weeks, you got to be there. And so that's the number one thing is that you can't take that time off. Love it. Matt, awesome. uh, finally, can you tell us where can we get a hold of you and why should we call you? Uh, <laughs> you should call me because I'm a likable guy <laughs> and I'll work hard for you. But uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram or Facebook at um, mlyrcy, uh, mattlyrcygroup.com. And you can always call me, 708-250-2696. I do personally answer my own phone call. Attaboy. We're going to be testing yes, you. He does. Yeah. Attaboy. <laughs> Love it. Joel, where can we get a hold of you? Cubs fan, mortgage man. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Cubs fan, mortgage man. And you know what? Before I let you go, Joel, I really want to know, like seriously, two back-to-back, how big are those billboards? Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, your face is all over Wrigleyville. Right. I mean, there's nothing that says. That's worse than Matt's ego. I I know. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing says uh, a little bit of vanity, like several, two, three, there's seven billboards now. That are like 40-foot billboards. Wait, there's say. one in your house too, right? <laughs> yeah, there I just is saw one. one in your there's house. one in his living room. Yes, so I saw that too. just call Joel. I mean, that's just, it. I, I it. go to several banks and I go above like a Chase Bank on Southport <laughs> and I put it up and it's large and it just says, uh, just call Joel. just say that? Sorry. 
Yeah. Man. I can't do that. That's awesome. Ruthless. Love I love it. it. I love it. Thank you very much, guys. And Thank please you guys. go give your wife a hug and that beautiful <laughs> baby of yours. And go celebrate yes. Valentine's Day. Be human. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to be. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you so much, guys. Yeah. Right, I mean, guys. I love Thanks, it. Guys. Good stuff. Uh, you know, good stuff. Like the conversation that we're having today is, you know, about this year where everything is going. And I love the fact that, I mean, I've known Matt for a long time and he's still the same guy from when we met back in YPN to now. And I love the fact that he doesn't make it about himself or his numbers or his team. Yeah. It's all about the client. So he's a grinder. It's and yeah. you're, you're only as good as your previous month. And I love the fact that he mentioned, right, because we're all in sales and we go back and sometimes we get so overwhelmed with the process that, you know, it's you're in competition with yourself and your goals. Yeah. The fact that he's able to excel numbers every year is amazing. I follow him throughout social media. And uh, I think I actually ended up buying one of his condos uh, that I currently rent out on Delaware. He was actually one of the agents. That's right. He was the agent that represented that deal. So tell us a little bit more about your not new guest, Grocco. Our new guest. Well, give me a second here. Let me look at, look at my notes here. Because <laughs> I specifically asked him to introduce because I didn't yes. want to mess up the name. We have Bronzeville title in the house. Yes, correct? that's me. Correct. Today we have... What? I'm sorry. Oh, Mario's I'm here. sorry. <laughs> Hi, Mario. Today we have Mike Drayton. Drayton, yes. And Courtney Jones mm-hmm. in the building. Welcome, gentlemen. Tell us a little bit about Bronzeville title and what you guys do in our industry. Well, who wants to go first? Courtney's here as a guest. Um, okay. He can introduce himself. He represents um, Dearborn Realtors. That's correct. Uh, Courtney Jones, president of the Dearborn Realtors Board, the local national association of real estate brokers chapter here in Chicago, and broker awesome. owner of Chicago Homes Realty Group. Awesome. Okay. Well, welcome to Market Overdrive. We're happy to have you guys. Good. And we want to hear a little bit about how you guys collaborate on a day-to-day. Um, so I, I'm Michael Drayton, president of um, and CEO of Bronzeville Title Company, which is a um, it's a new title company. I'm not new to the real estate um, um, industry or space or the entire ecosystem. Um, I met Courtney. We began to talk. We have some of the same passions, a lot of synergies, and particularly within the African American community, okay. um, seems to be there's a huge push of investors um, coming in that area. He would agree. Um, from all over, everywhere. And so um, one of the um, good things about us being in the space is we have some say-so we can or control and affect um, something um, transactionally. And, and moreover, with having Bronzeville title, it gives me a platform also to do some good. I do a lot of outreach in the community, a, a lot of things, and, and a lot of organizations that I work with also. And one of the emphasis of Bronzeville title, oftentimes you get title comp- – I mean, there's a lot of title companies. Sure. Um, how many title companies are reinvesting back into the community in which they're serving? Right. Um, so that's sort of the emphasis that we're looking to do is to give back to the community. Um, you know, I can name a few of the organizations that, mm-hmm. that I have been, but Courtney definitely is one of the organizations we want to work for with it, with his um, advocacy, not only from the, I believe, not only at the municipal level, um, not at the county level, but also at the state level, if, if I understand correctly also. Now, why do you guys feel that there's such an influx now of investors moving into these these areas? Touch on that a little bit. Yes. Um, l- what makes that an awesome question um, ties into terms that we hear a lot in the industry, especially in black neighborhoods and even Hispanic neighborhoods around gentrification. So because of what we've seen across this country, but... We see it heavily in the south and the west sides of the city here in Chicago mm-hmm. is a lot of the land. Anytime you have 51 to 55 percent or so of the neighborhood dominated by black families, 
the appraisal values tank significantly. And there's been tons of studies done on that here in Chicago. So it continuously keeps a bullseye on a particular demographic, on a particular neighborhood, so that anybody who were to purchase that's not indigenous to that neighborhood, you inherently would benefit from fair market value once the neighborhood starts to normalize with fair appraisals. So that's kind of the theme that we've witnessed um, over the duration since the Fair Housing Act. Let me, um, so let me go back a little bit, um, just rewind and kind of mm-hmm. introduce you guys and, and set the tone as to why you're here, right? Why are we having this conversation? We just talked to Matt Laracy, who obviously focuses primarily in condo co- condo community. We're looking at that Streeterville, Gold Coast, more affluent buyer. Per se, he did say he will represent people who are transacting in that $150,000 budget. But let's go back to these neighborhoods in the south side of Chicago, right? Where specifically you, you opened up Bronzeville title for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, there's a lot of talk about Lawndale, Woodlawn, Bronzeville, uh, Hyde Park. Obviously, Hyde Park has come. It has been an existing, you know, very conservative neighborhood that's been growing. But these other neighborhoods, everybody's really excited about the South Shore and what this all means. So can you tell us a little bit about that market and explain to our listeners why we should um, – why we should why we should focus on those neighborhoods? What can we see and expect from those areas? Well, one so what is interesting is in terms of at least my scope of looking at things and 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 why we um, Bronzeville Title saw the need for a title company. So so basically, you have a title company in Hyde Park, mm-hmm. and you have one downtown. There's nothing in the middle. That was our niche. But to your question. One of the um, beauties of the South Side is the sort the east of the Dan Ryan. It's it's you know you can get to downtown Chicago relatively quickly. So so to his point, with the depreciation of the prices because of the demographics, if you buy, you now have more land. Um, you know the tax question is questionable, but you now have more land, but you have ease of access to get to downtown. So it's almost as if um, you're getting the best of both worlds. There's been a lot of development on the lake down in that particular area. I'm not sure if if you are aware. And if you go down Lakeshore Drive past 31st Street, you'll see a lot of new um, bridges that have been constructed for the growth that is happening down in the area. And so I think it's the it's really the ease of the mobility throughout the city without having to necessarily go on the Dan Ryan, which is west of that, and and go up and down. Um, easy access. You have the lakefront there. Um, you have a lot of um, cultural things happening. There's a new boating um, harbor. It's not really new anymore, but at 31st Street has yeah. been built out. Um, so there's a lot of great things going 31st, down there. 31st, 35th, right? Yeah, it's actually at right at 31st. Okay. Yeah, it's a new harbor there. So um, those are just some of the... Um, um, benefits I see um, some of the amenities of that particular area and the geography that's down that provides a lot of um, you know if you were to buy some of the same property let's say in a Lincoln Park um, mm-hmm. you're talking millions of dollars you know yeah. so you can't get gray stones although the prices are going up extremely um, they're moving up um, quite a bit I love it because you know for example like even just South Shore right if you go south on Lakeshore Drive and you go to this 
these neighborhoods and you look at the proximity like you said to the parks to the water to the boats and i know that chicago in the summer just wakes up and everybody wants to do boating and if you go here <laughs> up north you go you go to rogers park and there's specific areas where you can actually touch sand and go up go out from your condo into the the beach and actually mm-hmm. enjoy lakeshore drive and our beaches and so when you get to south shore you're talking about these boating areas and there's these communities of people who are saying we've been here this whole time and no one's realized our lifestyle we have such close proximity to the beach to the park and we have beautiful miles and miles of park and you have mm-hmm. the golf course and you have the library that it was everyone's talking about but these are brand new things about an obama library uh about the golf course right but these things have been there forever why has there been such a sluggish movement in the development of these areas uh actually um uh my i'll take a stab at that um Part of what makes the Dearborn Realtors Board as an African-American real estate trade association so important is when you have a history, and I think it's important to kind of lay some foundation, Mm -hmm. right? You have a history where you have a restrictive covenants that existed in the city of Chicago um, where within a certain range of like Wentworth, Cottage Grove, Surmac, and 63rd, 67th, forgive me there, but in that range is where a black family could own. So now when you start broadening the scope through advocacy, right, to where now everybody can start envisioning that dream of home ownership, then you still have some other hurdles, right? Um, as you all know in the real estate industry around, you know, blockbusting, redlining, and some of the other challenges that are impacting the black neighborhood, you know, you know immensely. So when you kind of start getting past that, then you start battling things like the education and the income piece. So now you start getting through that. Now you're in 2019. So now in 2019, we have this outreach around 2 million black homeowners in five years. We're doing all these community day efforts to bring all of the great resources. Like I'm hearing um, from the folks that were just here, you want to have your mortgage folks, your real estate Mm -hmm. brokers, who we call ourselves realtists, and you have all the different touch points. So your escrow agents, all the, the important people in the room to provide that important education because yeah. I love what I heard when Matt spoke around education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what we're about. And now we see a true opportunity that if we pour that education into the community, to the indigenous folks mm-hmm. that live there, it saves the cities. Yeah. Right. Because until those communities get the resources that it needs, the major cities will continue to struggle. You and know, property taxes in- included. Mm hmm. Excuse me for interrupting you, but no, I love that you talk about education, right? And that's why we have this platform. That's why I want to share this space with you guys and introduce you to people that you would normally not have access to. So obviously, Matt Laris, he's pretty busy. He's transacting. But you guys are also looking to educate. And I think that goes back to, and I'm going to ask you, Graco, a question about financing, because I think that's what's really affecting and what is really making it more of a sluggish movement into the development of these areas is the affordability index, right? When we're having financial hardship, when we're, we're having uh, credit problems, right? When we're, our communities are still dealing, and I'm not just talking about the African-American community, I'm also speaking for the Latino community, um, not just the lack of education and it, access to information from a language barrier perspective, but also just from the affordability index, like the credit. How can we build credit? How can we get financing? How can we get affordable loan programs that allow us to acquire these assets? I mean, 
there's so much pro- there's so much product or so much inventory that's damaged and it's ruined and it's in distress condition and no one can fix it because no one has the money, no one has the credit score to afford a loan. So what loan programs are available, Graco, for some of these families who are just entry point? I'm talking about less than three hundred thousand, a hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar even maybe, but I don't have a lot of money down and I may not have the best credit score. Uh, there's quite a few, and there's a lot of grants that tie to these loan programs. Typically, these programs require as little as 3% down uh, to as high as 5% down. But with the grant initiative, they're almost coming to the closing table with zero down. And one of the programs that we're actually pushing out right now to the community is the iDream program. The iDream program right now offers 0% down through one of these grants. Uh, typically, that credit score is right around 630, I believe. Uh, it's going to be bumping up to 640, but we work with that borrower to get that score to where it needs to be in a timely manner. So these areas are areas that will eventually thrive. The question I have is, with all this development that's happening in this area, are most of these developments for rental or are these for home ownership? Because if it's for rental, then we're still not helping this community out. If it's for home ownership, now people feel empowered. This is my neighborhood. There's I'm a smirk there. Lawn. What's going on in your head, Courtney? Yes, um, no, I, and I didn't want to interrupt him. He was rocking right there. Right. I could come mm-hmm. around here and hug him because that's the reality that we face. Like just this coming Saturday, as Michael and I was talking outside before we walked in, we have a community outreach that's going on this Saturday. Right between 1 to 4 at McCormick Place. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking to have the largest black housing fair the state of Illinois has ever seen. Wow. And in line with what you're talking about is the advocacy now piece. We're, <laughs> we're, we're talking about. about the advocacy piece, right? <laughs> Which is how do we protect those families to give them an opportunity to participate in their neighborhood in the dream called home ownership? Sure. So when you have iDream and other products, that's huge. But the other aspect is what you just touched on, which is how do we look at alternative credit scoring models that help mm-hmm. all folks, right? Yeah. That puts more people in play, more people are buying, more loans are being done, right? So there's more funds being generated. Then we look at other things. So if we look at the alternative credit scoring models like Vantage Score, FICO 9, that folks know about, yeah. we just got to get them in play. Then we also start looking at things like partnering with the Cook County Land Bank here in our county, which is amazing. And that partner, Rob Rose, is amazing, where we can look at properties that would be otherwise looked as unfeasible Mm -hmm. and start looking at ways to take care of the taxes, the water bills, but situate that property so that someone from that neighborhood within that AMI could still be able, average median income, could still purchase it. And that's the direction for all the neighborhoods, I believe, that we need to be going in. And I wanted to tie in really quickly. One of the things that um, we will be doing, Bronzeville Title, I have, over the past four years, um, done financial literacy um, seminars and forums. Like every quarter, um, we pick places on the south side of Chicago. And one of the things we deal with is credit. We've talked about, um, you know, I do some trading. My background is in investment banking and trading also. Um, Looking at algorithms, how do you restructure? um, Because a credit score is really not a good depiction of character and some other things. So what models do you utilize? Because most of the the metrics that we're using is somewhat antiquated. 
Um, you know, and we know that that blew up in 2006, 2007. Um, and, and so um, one of the things that that we're going to continue is doing the financial literacy. And it's an, a holistic approach. It's not only dealing with, um, you know, it's dealing with savings, it's dealing with investing, it's dealing with um, credit scores, um, debt management, risk management, life insurance um, for the long haul, you Love know, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. And so we'll, we're continuing. That's one of the things that I've been um, advocating and will continue to do. Great. Yeah, we got to go back to the common sense era when a file used to be underwritten with common sense. You know, credit scores. So my first property that I bought was in Inglewood, and I know you're tired of the story, but it was a two-unit building that I bought, right? I never picked my tenant because of a credit score. There was common sense there. You had a certain income, and um, you had X amount of debt, right? So if you were uh, 580, 620, tell me why. Well, there was a story behind it typically. And if you use the common sense model, I still was able to produce a great tenant for many years in these units. Underwriting for the lending world needs to go back to that, where it can't be solely on a FICO score. It has to be where I I had scenarios where people had $200,000 in their retirement account, right? But they couldn't get a loan because they were a 608 score. That's silly. But they make $60,000, $70,000 a year. No, I mean, uh, just to piggyback on that point, um, that's powerful because if you really look at it, there's so many myths in the industry that need to be demystified, right, Mm -hmm. around what brought the mortgage business down. You know, in most black neighborhoods, folks weren't getting stated income loans. So that wasn't a pillar of what Mm -hmm. impacted that piece. So when you have other things, other variables that come into play, like the income and jobs, you know, job shift, these types of things impact a person's ability to be steady in their payment history. But it's not just in the black neighborhood. This is across all demographics. Folks have faced certain challenges, health, you name it. So I think it's, it's critical. And that's one of the key points that we're going to be stressing on Saturday is that collaborative piece, because our faith institutions just to share, you know, that's the cornerstone and across this country in our neighborhoods. So to have the privilege, even this Saturday, what I'm beyond excited about is collaborating with a powerhouse like the Nation of Islam on Saturday. You have a ton of families that's going to get a ton of financial information, which is what we've heard tonight as the theme, which is how much more information can we pour into families to enable families to feel confident and reassured that this dream called home ownership. They have the right to have it just like everybody else. Tell us about how we can attend this uh, fair, this housing fair. Yes. So this collaborative is being done this weekend in conjunction um, with the Nation of Islam Savior's Day weekend. So it's this Saturday at McCormick's Place, 1 to 4 p.m. is the housing component part where you're going to have all of the different real estate brokerages out, attorneys that make up our trade association, our title company partners like Bronzeville Title. You know, you're going to have a ton of a wealth of financial literacy, credit smart, you know, uh, the different parts of the organization, whether it's our Realtors Women's Council of Illinois, Mm -hmm. our Young Realtors Division that focuses on the millennials and getting them geared up and ready to purchase. 
I would recommend everybody come out from your large investor to your rookie interested in buying your first piece of mm-hmm. property. All of the resources will be available. I awesome. love it. And that's part of the whole key, right, which is giving back once you get to this level of expertise and you know pretty, pretty much so much about real estate and you just want to help people and make sure that you point them to the right direction. And today we're pointing you to this direction because you guys are going to have everything. I love the holistic aspect of it mm-hmm. and I love the Bronzeville titles involved with this. Can you share with me finally like why this is important to you and why you decided to open up this title company? Um, I, I saw a need. Um, there's a lot of, I, I, someone alluded to earlier, there's a lot of people getting a real estate license. Um, you know, my bread and butter is reaching out to attorneys um, that are doing closings. Um, it's an opportunity to recreate, do a different model, you know, um, a seamless transaction. When I, you know, my background in real estate, we used to sit in closings forever. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it can become very stressful. We want to remove that stress. Um, I saw an opportunity, and I think that, and, we, and, and the good part is we're just not looking to stay in Bronzeville. Um, we're looking to scale up and move into other neighborhoods, underserved it. neighborhoods, yeah. um, creating a boutique model, which I think is, is fantastic, where you can come in um, and, and reach out. You know, I can, I'll give you my our website is Bronzeville Title, yeah. Bronzeville Title Co., dot com. Um, you can reach me at three one two seven three six zero six hundred. I'm on social media. Okay. I know a lot of people <laughs> social media, but but you can reach out. Um, um, look me up, Michael Drayton or Bronzeville Title on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and let's connect. I'm my interest is building community. I've invested in the community. I'm I'm there, I'm not going anywhere. I live in the community. Um, and, and so that's kind of my advocacy and mentoring also. Awesome. Finally, Courtney, can you tell us who is it that you want to attract at this fair and what would you say to them if they're busy this weekend and they're too cold and they don't want to get started? Great question. (laughs) I'm going to simply say in the realtor spirit, as we often say, we're inviting everybody out who wants to experience this thing called home ownership. So we we want you to be there. And if you have your kids, bring your kids. We have care services to support. Don't let the family be the deterrent. Bring the family. Love it. Great stuff. Thank you so much for coming out and sharing the space with us. Uh, Graco, we're ending our show, but I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. And thank you so much for hanging out with us. And thank you for making us a part of your evening. Um, This is, in fact, our fourth year, so we're super excited. I mean, Market Overdrive takes a community to put together. But we want you to know that we come from the heart with it. We want to give you information that you can actually use and apply it. And more importantly, this is just not a real estate based show. I mean, everything in the end will come back to real estate, but if you are a business, uh, an entrepreneur and you want to take your business to the next level and showcase it here on the show with us, we'd love to have you. So please reach out to us through social media or all of our channels. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you guys in two weeks. In two weeks. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And please stay close because we're going to come back with Market Overdrive in Espanol. So literally, Market Overdrive in your language, in Espanol. Nos vemos pronto.